Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Full Court Press podcast with Main Street Preps. My name is Brady McIntamney. And I'm Zach Womble, and we are super excited about what we got in store for you today. We're going to be talking to Tommy Bryan from Wilson County, talking all things Wilson County sports, along with Montgomery County and Sumner County with Zach. And of course, we're going to bring you our patented 2-2-1, where we give you two games, two players, and one winner for the week. And of course, it wouldn't be the Full Court Press without our Player of the Week award, right, Brady? Absolutely. Uh, we just want to make sure we ask you guys to rate and like the podcast. Uh, if you are enjoying it, that would go um, a huge way to helping us build this podcast so we can bring you even more great content in the future. That's right. We need your likes. We need your reviews. We need you subscribing. It helps the algorithms. If you're already subscribed, do me a favor, go ahead and unsubscribe and then resubscribe to push us back up the charts. Anything and everything that you can do for us is greatly appreciated. So without further ado, Brady, let's dive right on into episode seven. Definitely saw some good basketball last week. Um, I saw Rossview versus Clarksville, the rematch. Um, earlier this season, I had uh, um, the Rossview girls losing at home to the Clarksville girls and Rossview boys beating Clarksville at home. Uh, and that was kind of reversed this week. This week uh, on Friday, I had the Rossview girls beating Clarksville at CHS and then the, Ross, the Clarksville boys got revenge on Rossville. I know that's kind of confusing to comprehend, but um, it, there were two really, really good basketball games. I still think that those two teams on, uh, on on both sides, the boys and the girls, are two teams that can absolutely make a run at District 10 and maybe even get some dates with uh, District 9 teams. You've been super high on Ronald Jessamy out of Rossview, and you made a pretty bold statement last week on Twitter calling him maybe the best defender in the city. Uh, can you just elaborate a little bit on that, why you thought that, what impressed from that game for him? Yeah, so he um, he, had, he had another pretty good game, although uh, Clarksville is kind of a uh, tougher matchup for him because they don't really – they have, like, one big guy, and um, he's a big guy that can shoot. And uh, Ronald's still kind of developing his game. He's still a sophomore. He's still kind of developing that perimeter defense. Um, he's he's a, a staunch interior defender. He's one of the top block uh, – stat leaders in the state, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, so as he continues to learn and stretch out his game a little bit past the paint, um, I think that's really going to benefit him. But for right now, um, Clarksville is a tough matchup for him because they're very guard heavy. They're very fast. Um, but he still did play a pretty a solid game. He scored 10 points there, played some good defense in the paint. Um, but Clarksville just kind of shot the lights out. They shot the skin off the ball with uh, – it, it, it was flamethrowers, but basically um, hitting three-pointers. And that was something that Coach Johnny Jackson said. He said that whenever they go into that gym, Clarksville just shoots lights out. Um, and that's and that's just going to be a tough matchup for anybody. Man, I got a team like that in Gallatin in Sumner County that just – I mean, they can they can rain threes from, you know, anywhere on the court all game long. You know, they, they've, they've hit 15, I think, at one point during one game this season. That lets you know right there they're not afraid to shoot take mm-hmm. in, make threes. And this week they gave themselves a chance to, to, to win both their games against Beach and Green Hill because of that. Um, they were able to get one of them, which we'll talk about here in a minute. 
but the game they did lose uh, wasn't because they weren't making, just the other team happened to make uh, a few of their own by Christian Shaw. So, um, yeah, we've got a team like that that can, that can really shoot from distance here in Sumner County. I think, uh, and I think a game that's entirely possible of uh, of maybe getting in regions could be Gallatin and Clarksville. Um, I think that would be a super fun matchup. Yeah, so Gallatin right now is currently in the sixth seed, um, so they would match up with, I believe, Station Camp in the tournament. So that'd be a tough, uh, tough game, open and mm-hmm. round for them. But you're right; I mean, they're they're good enough to to take and make shots to get to that second round. And uh, listen, I'm never going to count out a Bobby Luna. Led, uh, led team. Exactly. I mean, this is this is a, a team that I saw go to the sectional round just a couple of years ago after beating a Will Pruitt led Mount Juliet team that was the number one team in the state. So uh, you can never count on Gallatin. Exactly. I was just going to say, you know, Bobby Luna is the kind of guy who, who who will get the most out of his players when he really needs them to. Absolutely, absolutely. Bert, you mentioned a couple games um, last week that you hit on. I want to want to mention a couple of mine. Um, so as I just said, I was able to see Gallatin twice this week. I kind of just had, that's how it played out. They they had the two best games at home mm-hmm. in the county. On Tuesday they played uh, a really good game uh, against Beach. I'm talking about the boys team that w- in which they lost. The girls won, uh, which was um, not a shocking thing whatsoever. I think what was most shocking about the girls was the fact that they jumped out. The Beach jumped out to a 14-0 first quarter lead. <laughs> I think I can count on one hand in my six plus years covering prep sports in Middle Tennessee, uh, that's ever happened where our teams went scoreless in a quarter. I mean, because usually sometimes you'll get a layup or a bucket to fall. Just, you know, Maybe a free throw. You hit a free throw, uh, but that just wasn't the case. But, you know, Galton had some bad luck, the ladies did, in that first quarter. A few in and outs, you know, a few just missed, missed bunnies. Uh, but they rebounded nicely, Brady, in that second, third, and fourth quarter to come back and get a hard-fought win on the road. And then the girls to turn around – again, and beat Green Hill at home in the way that they did, the fashion that they did. I mean, just defensively, they dominated Green Hill. Green Hill was so tired, Brady, in the first half. By the time they got past half court, because Gallatin was up in their shorts all game long, Janae Newsom, Jeremy and Montgomery, I mean, the whole crew was defending at a high level. And by the time Green Hill was coming down to put up a jump shot from 15 foot out, they were hitting but nothing but the front of the rim because they had no legs. Mm-hmm. Um, so – the Gallatin girls, super impressive this week, two and a, or last week, excuse me, with two wins. And the boys beating Green Hill the way that they did, um, holding on in the manner that they did, fighting and battling through the adversity the way they did. Green Hill's the number one team in the district. Um, that is a good basketball team that they beat and obviously gives Bobby Luna and his team a ton of confidence, right, as we move Yeah, uh, Yeah, no the, question. Because if you can take down the number one seed, you can take down anybody. Yeah, those Green Hill teams are no joke. I mean, I'm sure we're going to hear a little bit more about them with Tommy coming on here in a few minutes. But uh, I got to see both of those teams early on in the season playing Clarksville. And um, I believe Clarksville won both games, but neither of them was uh, was a gimme for sure. Um, they battled really hard. And uh, and we talked earlier, um, I think it was off air, we talked about how those are basically just Mount Juliet teams. Yeah. And Mount Juliet is always good at basketball. Yeah. Um, so you, you take that and move them over, give them a, a new fresh coat of paint, and uh, – they're still as good as ever. Those are those are good basketball teams. So claiming those wins like that is it's huge for for Gallatin. Yeah, because Green Hill was coming off back to back wins over Station Camp. Um, you know oh, the girls beating the girls beating the Lady Bison a little bit of a surprise, not really. I mean they're I think they're four or five in the standings, so they're pretty much equal. Um, but the Green Hill boys um, winning by five over Station Camp that's a big win. So mm-hmm. 
what does that tell you right there about Gallatin? What does that tell you about Station Camp? What does it tell you about Green Hill? I guess what we what we know what we've always known, which is you really can't count on anything until tournament time because that's when it really really matters. Yeah, it seems like right now District Nine and District Ten have one very big thing in uh, in common in that it's hard to really gauge who might be the best team, who might be the uh, the um, the front runners right now, at, at least in boys, because you know you kind of have your teams. You know, over in, uh, in District 9, you know, you, you figure Station Camp, you figure Beach, those are going to be kind of the big boys over there. Um, and uh, in District 10, you know, you, you can kind of assume that, you know, Northeast, Clarksville, those are going to be your your top teams. But uh, this season, it's just been such a weird one overall with COVID, with all that going on. Um, it's really, really difficult uh, to project things long-term. You know, you don't know who's going to get COVID. You don't know. Um, how many fans are going to be in the stands? You don't know what's going to happen. And um, at least I know right now, I'm not sure how it has been in District 9. But right now, um, ironically, home court advantage has been absolutely huge. Um, and uh, just for some reason, even without fans in the stands, um, the home teams have just been winning, at least when it's a, a somewhat even matchup. You know, there are teams in District 10 at least who, uh, you know, kind of having a struggling year on, uh, on, on both sides, you know, cards or uh, rather West Creek, Montgomery central. Um, they're kind of in a rebuilding phase right now. Um, but as long as it's not one of those two teams, uh, th- there's, there's a chance that anyone can, can win as long as they've got home court advantage right now, which is pretty bizarre. Absolutely. Well, well said. Uh, speaking of Green Hill, speaking of Wilson County teams, district nine, triple a, let's bring in Tommy Bryant, our Wilson County sports editor, for the Wilson Post. Tommy, how you doing today, man? I really appreciate you hopping on with us. Yeah, not bad. Just uh, writing up a bunch of stories about games I didn't get to see. I understand. I understand. That's kind of that's kind of how we've all kind of all been in the same boat this year, right, Tommy? Well, uh, I try to see a game a week and uh, maybe two, but with seven teams in the county, plus Cumberland University to keep up with. I rely a lot on uh, – coaches' reports and box scores and things like that to try to stay on top of everything. Well, Tom, you mentioned all the great stuff that you do, and and if you're a fan of Wilson County sports, you have to be following Tommy Bryan. You need to be subscribed to the Wilson Post because he is bringing you all the latest from around the county. No one does it better than Tommy Bryan. So if you're not subscribed to the Wilson Post, make sure you're doing that. Tommy, I'm bringing you on quite simply to talk about Wilson County, District 9, AAA teams. Also kind of want to hit on Watertown, Friendship Christian, maybe MJCA if we got time. Uh, but, Tommy, the, the cream of the crop in District 9, AAA, at least for the girls, has been Lebanon. This is a team you're very familiar with, and I'm very curious to get your thoughts just on how good Lebanon is. If they can make a run like they did last year, are they anywhere close to the same team that they were last year? And I guess what's kind of been their success? Well, they're 11 and 0 in the district, and of course, the first step is to you know get out of the district in good shape and get a good seed for the region. Uh, comparing this year's team to last year's team, uh, last year's Lebanon High Devilettes went to the Final Four of the state, and uh, they were in pretty good shape after eliminating Bradley Central the first game, and. Sitting there, and of course, if hindsight's twenty twenty, perhaps the TWSAA could 
goes ahead and finishes out the girls tournament with limited attendance and then has the boys tournament with limited attendance. But Lebanon felt pretty good about where they were. They felt like they could get to the finals. Uh, they lost four seniors off that team. This year's squad is 16-3. and three. Their most recent loss came to number two ranked Stone Memorial in the Sonic Showcase on a Saturday at Lebanon High's Campbell Brandon Gymnasium. They are a certainly a more, much more athletic basketball team than they were a year ago. Uh, not, uh, not as uh, what's the best way to put this? Well, let's just say more athletic, not as thick as they were in a couple of positions last year. It starts uh, at the point guard position with Addie Grace Porter. She's a four-year starter for the Devilettes and for Corey Barrett. Uh, she's a thousand point score, uh, 600 rebounds, 500 assists in her career. She's averaging about 14 and a half a game. Uh, she is this year and was last year, the leading rebounder on that basketball team. Terry Reynolds is a junior guard who can slash and take it to the basket, pull up and shoot the, shoot the three. Terry, in fact, leads the team with a little over 15 points a game. Uh, a young lady who has kind of taken advantage of an opportunity is Finley Tomlin, a sophomore guard who moved into the lineup when uh, Asia Barr, the regular starter, uh, was sick and missed a couple of games. Uh, Finley won't turn loose of that position. And uh, the other night against... Uh, Against Portland, she had 12 points in the first half. She hit three threes. And uh, her being in the game allows Porter to move to the wing on occasion to give Lebanon a couple of ball handlers in the game at the same time. The power forward is Avery Harris, who never scores a lot of points, but she's usually got six, maybe eight, is a, is a tough rebounder sets screens, gets her, a lot of her points on the garbage around the basket. And, and the one who I think is, is going to make, uh, make a difference on, on how this basketball team moves along and perhaps can they, can they get back to the state tournament is a 6-3 post, Miyoshi Mason. Mason's a junior. Uh, she's had her moments. She's uh, big, strong, averages a couple of blocks a game had uh, 12 points against Portland the other night. Uh, she has worked hard both in practice and away from practice to try to develop her skill set. She can catch the basketball. And if you're a big kid, that's, that's a huge deal to be able to catch it around the basket and then hopefully to be able to finish at the rim. Uh, Miyoshi, uh, in my opinion, probably doesn't know how good she can be. Uh, she's She could be a very special post player for the Devilettes, and uh, if you've got a, a big five and a, and a good one and a, and a wing shooter, you can, you can win some basketball games. And that's exactly what Lebanon has done. They've gone to the press here in the last uh, – since Christmas, they've played a lot more full-court pressure. They've uh, dropped back and played a little bit of zone, which is kind of out of character for Corey Barrett and the things he normally does defensively. They match up 
out of the zone and uh, allow Harris and Mason to do a lot of the work under the basket to uh, kind of clear the boards. But once again, Porter just has some kind of crazy knack for the basketball, leads this team in, in rebounds, and if there's anything that hits the rim, you, you feel like she's she's in pretty good shape and is awfully close to being able to pull something off and get going. Uh, they, they've been a fun basketball team to watch. Uh, uh, Coach Barrett, of course, who won a state championship at Riverdale, is in his sixth season at Lebanon High, and he's uh, he's got this program back to where it was. First thing he did when he came in, he says, we're going to be the Devilettes. We're not going to be the Lady Devils. The Devilettes won a state championship back in 1971 under the Hall of Fame coach, the late Campbell Brandon. The gym bears his name and says, this is our legacy. This is who we are. We're the Devilettes. And uh, he's quick to point that out to anybody who uh, refers to them as the Lady Devils. Um, they raised money and got rings for this team last year for reaching the uh, state semifinals. Uh, they hung a banner in the foyer of the uh, commons area, along with uh, several other state champions that they have hanging up there and said this team, you know, was special. They won 30-something games and, uh, you know, thing, the rug was kind of pulled out from under them. So they feel like they, they still have something to prove, and that's a basketball team that plays with a pretty good-sized chip on their shoulder every night. Yeah, Tommy. So uh, one matchup that we're um, pretty certain we're going to see is uh, those Devilettes currently ranked. <clears throat> excuse me, we're currently ranked 19th in the state on Max Preps against Northwest, who was also undefeated uh, there, of course, in District 10, ranked 16th on Max Preps. Um, I know I'm I'm sure you don't know as much about uh, Northwest as you do Lebanon, but uh, it, um, once those teams do inevitably uh, come up against each other. Um, how do you see that playing out for uh, for each side in a game that, you know, I think both teams very much have a chance to uh, make it to state? Well, that's what Corey Barrett does, Brady. He uh, he schedules teams he doesn't have to schedule. He, he set up that Sonic shootout and brought in Stone Memorial, number two team in the state, uh, to play them. Lebanon lost by about eight. It was a great learning experience for Lebanon. He's uh, got Northwest coming in here on a girls-only contest on Thursday night. Um, you don't feel like Northwest will bring very many people with them on a limited capacity anyway. Uh, there won't be a bunch of folks in the gym, but uh, for uh, for Barrett, his, his idea is the only way his team can get better is to play better opponents. Um, they've played Cookville out of the uh, – out of the district, out of the region, they they played Riverdale out of the out of the uh, district, out of the region. So it's just once again another opportunity to see how this basketball team measures up with a uh, with a good Northwest basketball team on a girls only night. Uh, it's got the makings for a, a pretty good basketball game. I don't know at what tempo Northwest likes to play, uh, Lebanon wants to get that thing up into the 60s into the 70s you know they want to they want to push the basketball and play a full 94 feet what what tell me what we should expect to see when northwest comes in here thursday 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, uh, Northwest likes to keep you at 40, and they like to keep you keep you there or under 40 points. They love to play their defense, and they got some girls who can really, really play defense. Uh, of course, it all starts with Tamia Scott, one of the uh, best juniors in the state. Uh, she's getting uh, power five interest. Um, she's a great scorer inside and out, great defender inside and out, but they got some really good defenders uh, alongside her with players like Naya Bogarty and Maya Cobb, Kayla Howell, and um, – uh, head coach Ben Wallace, he, he loves he loves defense, and uh, that defense can oftentimes turn into pretty good offense with some scores they got. Um, so I think that that contrast in styles between the Devilettes and the Lady Vikings will make for one heck of a ball game. Well, it ought to, and they have been streaming uh, the Lebanon games here recently. Uh, Lebanon High's student I used to call it audio-visual. It's, it's some kind of TV deal they do now. They've got a YouTube channel, uh, Blue Devil News, and they've got a Facebook page, LHS Blue Devil News. All you got to do is like or subscribe to either one of those. Of course, there's no cost involved. And they'll have games and uh, commentary. They have the, the pictures and commentary on there. And I, They have done the district games here recently, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't do the uh, Northwest game on Thursday night. They've got a JV mm-hmm. game at 5.30, and then the varsity will be on the floor at 7. Uh, that might be something to pass along to your folks. They can go to Facebook, LHS Blue Devil News, and uh, and look for, uh, for that game perhaps to be broadcast on, the, uh, on their Facebook page, and once again, if it goes on Facebook Live, it never goes away. So you can always go back and, and take a look at it. And, and um, as I said, they do have a uh, uh, do have a YouTube channel. Uh, Blue Devil News is the name of it. So it might be a good chance for folks in Montgomery County who who are not related to the teams, uh, who who might want to keep up with what's going on. No live radio, but that is a opportunity to uh to watch on their laptops or desktops or pull it up on our phones tommy i want to ask you about one more team before we let you go um i got to talk to you about green hill they are the number one boys team in non-triple-a they lost what i thought was a little bit of a shocker on friday night boys did at gallatin how surprised were you to see that final result but at the same time they're still sitting in first place how good do you think this uh green hill hawk team can be this year well, I, I'm not ever surprised when Bobby Luna's Green Wave can pick up a win at Jerry Vradenburg Gymnasium. Uh, his kids play hard. They didn't play very well the last time I saw them in person. Lebanon kicked them around, I think. But that, there have been so many games, Zach, it's hard to keep up with it. It is, it uh, is. Uh, but – Green Hill has the the big sophomore. His name is Birch. He scored 31 against Gallatin Friday night. uh, Against Gallatin. And uh, the the kid that plays on the wing, uh, number three. Riggs uh, Abner. Riggs Abner. Abner, yeah. His mom is the girls basketball coach. Riggs, I want to say, had 18 or so. They just couldn't get that third score going. And uh, normally, when when Troy Davis, has, Troy Allen, excuse me, Troy Allen has uh, three kids in double figures, he's got a chance to uh, 
to really open things up. Uh, this is the core of the Mount Juliet team that would have been in the state tournament a year ago uh, with the rezoning and the opening of the new Green Hill High School in northbound Mount Juliet. The, the guts of that team went to Green Hill where they, they are zoned. Uh, Abner lives about three minutes from the campus. Uh, so those kids went, and Troy was given the opportunity to stay at Mount Juliet or to follow with his kids, with the kids he's coached for uh, six or seven years and followed them as they came up through the middle school ranks to go to Green Hill. And I don't think anybody in Wilson County gave him a cross-eyed look when he decided he'd go to Green Hill. And it, it looks like his old Mount Juliet teams. They get after you and play defense. They will get it inside when they get the opportunity to do so. And they did that uh, apparently the other night with the Birch kid. Um, they need to have that third guy score. And uh, it's just a matter of, you know, who's going to step up and who could get some opportunities. But now, and, and, and perhaps it was an upset on paper, but uh, Luna's always going to prepare games and get his guys ready to play. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be interesting, um, Zach, particularly to you. Brady's up on the other side of they're in District 10 AAA, but in 9 AAA, they've decided that they are not going to have a central site for the district tournament. They're going to play at the higher seeds every night to hopefully cut down on crowds. So the high seed, uh, Green Hill, if they can maintain that and be the number one seed, they'll play at home as long as they keep winning. And, and basically, you got to win one game to go to the region. Uh, finish in the top four and you move along to the region. And I think the region's going to do the same thing. I've heard rumblings about that and that it is District 9 AAA's turn. And, Brady, you might help me, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think it's 9 AAA's uh, turn to host. But I, I think, right. again, they will just go with the higher seed. So one busload goes to Montgomery County to play instead of, uh, you know, everybody moving up that way to go to one central site. So I think that's going to be interesting as the uh, the higher seeds, as long as they can hold serve, being able to play at home throughout the districts and then on into the region tournament. Well, it, it again, it'll cut down on crowds and not have so many people congregating in one place. When Lebanon hosted that Sonic showdown, uh, shootout, uh, well, Sonic showcase Saturday a week ago, they had seven games. They wouldn't let anybody into the gym until the first game was over. Then once that second game got started, they'd let, you know, once, once those teams got out for game one, the participants and the fans for game two would come in there and play. And I think that's kind of the thing you're going to see is they're, they're probably going to allow uh, uh, when, when the tournament rolls around, it'll just be, say, the one seed and the eight, and that's the only fans that'll be in there. And uh, they'll check everybody's temperature and ask them to keep a mask on and, and go from there. What's it been like, Brady, up in Montgomery County? Are folks wearing masks in there in the gyms? 
Well, ever since it came back from, uh, they had a little COVID mandated break over the day, so there were no holiday tournaments or anything. But once it came back in 2021, um, there haven't been fans allowed in period. Um, now tonight that'll change. Um, I've got a game tonight and they're allowing two tickets per household. Um, so we'll see there. But um, before the, the um, before all that stuff went into place, masking was, um, it, it was hit or miss depending on where the games were. Well, I, in Wilson County, they're allowing each player four tickets. Same for uh, Sumner. Each manager, four tickets. Each trainer, four tickets. The coach has a list of his uh, uh, his family. He's got four. The assistant coaches have got four. Crowds have been less than less than two hundred in these gyms, and these gyms will seat you know five thousand people. So it's it's not uh, it it's it's not very loud. And, and what you hear is when you get some big mouth that thinks he knows a lot about the game of basketball screaming <laughs> at the officials, there's nobody to cover his noise up. So you hear that guy, you know, barking at the officials. And uh, the other night in that Portland doubleheader, one of the officials turned around and starts answering the guy in the crowd. And I'm thinking, what a, what a rabbit ear. And then it dawns on me, well, normally he wouldn't even hear this guy because of all the – the, the chatter and the noise going on and, and their their voices carry in a, in a gym like that. So it's it's a whole new dynamic. Uh, you're not going to get the, the cheering sections of the kids. Uh, I, I know in uh, District 9, AAA, it was always a big deal for the student bodies to sit in the end zone under one basket or the other and just, just raise hell all night long and wear Hawaiian shirts or or jerseys or have some sort of theme night uh that's that's been missing and and i certainly hate that for the kids and they're not letting cheerleaders in the building i you could you could work out a plan to put the cheerleaders in the bleachers you know space them out don't let them down on the floor but uh apparently the governor doesn't think that's a a very good idea so so we're not going in that route i'm just glad they're able to let some Moms and dads and grandparents come to the games and actually see some basketball. Amen, Tommy. Amen. Listen, you brought a lot of great information to today's show. I really appreciate your time and your insight, Tommy. Let's do this again soon. You guys make the call. Have a good rest of the week, fellas. You too. See you, Tommy. Thanks, Tommy. That was Wilson County sports editor Tommy Bryan and to talk about Lebanon, the Devilettes, and Green Hill. Uh, Tommy always brings it. I really appreciate him jumping on the show today. He's definitely passionate. Yes, he is. Brady, let's move forward with our players of the week. Those are always a lot of fun. Um, do you want to go first today or you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll take it. Um, right, go ahead. So uh, my first player of the week on the boys' side is a name I haven't said too much this year, uh, okay. and that's going to be Jaheim Ma- Ma- McDonald from Clarksville High School. Um, so they played two games last week. The first game against Montgomery Central, who is uh, – kind of in the basement of District 10 right now. They're actually moving down to 2A next year, which is probably a place that they're better suited. But he scored zero points in that game. Okay. And usually my player of the week is not going to have a zero-point game. Right. But uh, I I talked to Clarksville coach Ted Young after their win on Friday against Rossview, um, and he said that uh, Jaheim after that game and said, you know, coach, my my shot's kind of off right now. I, I would like to work on it a little bit. 
so they did. They worked on, you know, some head positioning, some, you know, where you catch the ball, what you, get, what you do right after the catch. And he scored 26 against Rossview. And that's a much – and Rossview is a very good basketball team, as, as you know, most of, my, most, most of our listeners here know. Um, yeah. And he was the leading scorer in that whole game, scored more than um, anyone on Rossview, more than anyone on, on, on Clarksville. And we know there's some talented scorers on both sides. So um, I, I felt like he was definitely worthy of that uh, choice, you know, leading his team to a big win over the rivals. Um, now my girls player of the week is going to be a name that I have said many times, and that's going to be Tamia Scott again oh, okay. for Northwest. Uh, <laughs> leading an, again, another undefeated <laughs> week. Um, they've got a really brutal week coming up ahead uh, this week. Uh, you know, we, we heard against, uh, we heard from Tommy that they're going to be going to Lebanon uh, later this week. Um, but she, once again, she scored uh, 14 points in the fourth quarter in a win against um I believe that win was against Clarksville or uh, I'm totally blanking right now for whatever reason. Um, she scored 14 points um, uh, in a, in a fourth quarter to help win a game against that was against the Northeast, I should say. Um, and that that's just super impressive. She ended up, I think with 22 in that game and she put up another 20 point on Friday. Hey man, listen, if they, if they deserve it, you know, no problem giving it to them. That's kind of, you know, I went on, I went on a, a long, streak of honoring beach players you know over the christmas over the holidays um yeah i mean if they if they if they deserve it give it to them you know i can we obviously laugh about the whole uh another one but you know what if she if she earns it she earns it <laughs> um my players of the week is i still haven't decided as i speak to you i'll probably decide here in about five seconds but there were four big players to choose from and I think, Brady, because you gave me the cop-out before our show started, I'm going to go co-players of the week. Um, they're, they're all from Gallatin. And, listen, they all had big weeks. Um, Gall- we'll start with the boys. Gallatin boys split this week. They lost to Beach, but they beat Green Hill. Uh, and in those games, uh, Cade Martin dropped 18 against Beach. Ethan Rogers dropped 17. The only reason they lost that game is because Christian Shaw went ballistic in the fourth quarter, nailing four for four from three. Luke Fleming added a three, then went nine for ten from the charity stripe. I mean, Beach seriously shot like 80-plus percent in that fourth quarter, which is why they won. Um, but then those two responded with a win over Green Hill, dropping 19 points apiece. How do you choose between those two guys, right? I mean, Gallatin over Green Hill is the biggest win of the week in Sumner County, District 9 AAA, so I've got to honor that game. And I don't know how you choose between both of those players. So, with that said, my boys players of the week this week going to be both from Gallatin, Cade Martin, and Ethan Rogers for the play. They're both very big in, in Gallatin's week this week. And on the girls' side, sticking with Gallatin, they went 2-0 and this week. Big wins over Beach and Green Hill are two really good teams, 3-4 in the district standings. Uh, Jeremy Montgomery dropped 15 points against Beach, 17 points against Green Hill. She is their leader. She could be their player of the week every week. She is – I mean, she's just – she's who you get the ball to when you need a basket. She's who you call on uh, for, for whatever, big rebound. But the other one is uh, Janae Newsom. She doesn't put up a ton of points. She only scored eight on Tuesday and ten against Green Hill. But here's why I'm nominating her, Brady, for Player of the Week. Janae Newsom may be the best perimeter defender in District 9 AAA. This girl is ruthless. She will wear you out. She will wear you down. And that was no more apparent than Friday night against the highly touted uh, recruit of Sydney Rochetto, who I believe is going to Wofford. Uh, I mean, listen, she could easily be 
uh, the district most valuable player this year. I don't think she'll win it, but she could be. I mean, she's just that dynamic. Mm-hmm. And Janaya was in her shorts all game long. I mean, at one point in the second half, Sydney was passing to her teammates just to get the ball out of her hand so she wouldn't be guarded by Janaya. She had a couple steals on her. She frustrated her. Sydney only scored six points that night. She missed a, she missed a ton of jumpers contested by Janaya. Uh, the six points she did score were when the game was out of reach in the fourth quarter on, on runners. Um, so Janae Newsom, I mean, just the defensive performance. And that's what this podcast is about, right? I mean, this, this is the full court press podcast yep. about defense. So I'm all about honoring Janae Newsom this week for as one of our players of the week. Yeah, and in high school basketball, offense can be so hit or miss sometimes. You know, yeah. they can come and go. But one thing that you can control no matter what gym you're in is your defense. And uh, so having a player like that who just brings it every night and can lock down the other team's best player, that translates to wins, man. Here's the crazy thing about Gallatin and Brady is before the season started, they lost probably their best defender in Sinai Ricks who moved to Florida. Then they lose two girls – one of them who was a, a, a major contributor to knee injuries, and yet they're still doing this on the defensive end. It's not just Janaya. It is every girl on that team. I mean, seriously, they, they swarm you. And uh, Gallatin has, has never looked better in the three years that uh, I've covered them. Maybe this is my fourth year. I don't know. One of the two. But the report remains the same. They've never looked better on the Lady Wave side since I've started covering them. And this year I really think they have a chance to not only uh, get to that district championship game, try to beat Lebanon, but also, you know, welcome in and make some noise in that region tournament and possibly get to sectionals. Maybe, yeah. And, you know, speaking of full-court press, uh, speaking of defense, why don't you uh, lead us into our 2-2-1? Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to pick uh, two of the best games this week, but when I was looking at my schedule, only two games mattered, Brady. Tomorrow night I've got Station Camp versus Gallatin, and then Friday night I've got Hendersonville versus Beach. I mean – that right there, two city mm-hmm. matchups. And not only am I, am I going to them because they're city matchups, but they're going to be good games. I mean, uh, let's start with Station Camp Gallatin. I expect – well, I don't want to say that yet because that's my one. But, you know, I expect both games to be very good, to be very competitive. Um, and Hendersonville Beach, I think you could say the same thing. Now, um, if Hendersonville were to beat Beach Boys, would that be more of an upset? Yeah, it would be an upset. Um, but any other any other scenario, I, I don't know if I'd consider that an upset. So those are my two games this week to watch, and I'm going to choose from those two games as my two players. Station Camp Girls, if they want to get the upset, Brady, a new Richards has to be on point all game long. Uh, Marissa Wirtz, I've talked about time and time again. I think you know you know what you're going to get from her, assuming mm-hmm. there's no foul trouble. Ariel Everett, you know what you're going to get from her. It's a new Richards uh, who I think is the X factor in a game against Gallatin. So she's my one player to keep an eye out on. And the other one, the other upset game for Hendersonville boys is Graham Charlton, their big man. Listen, Beach has got a ton of size. They've got a ton of muscle down low with Jackson Long and Andrew Page. Uh, But if Graham can come in and assert himself, can control the glass, can get his team second chance points, can score points in the paint himself, that's what gives them the best recipe for success. So I'm picking two players um, that would, that would need to play well in order for their team to get an upset. So a new Richards and Graham Charlton. And then my one winner uh, that I think is going to happen this week is going to be Gallatin girls over station camp. So that is my two, two, one for the week, Brady. Awesome. Well, um, I want to give two honorable mentions for my two games. 
Um, we've already talked about that Northwest versus Lebanon game. That's going to be a huge basketball game. Two of the best teams in the state, two teams yeah. that have an absolute chance to go to state uh, tournament. Um, so I want to give that one a quick honorable mention. And another one, we're going one level up from high school uh, with Austin P welcoming Belmont to Clarksville okay. on Thursday. Belmont's a team currently undefeated in the OVC men's uh, looking like a, uh, a March Madness team. So that'll be a pretty good basketball game uh, in the Dunn center on Thursday, but back to high school. Um, my one, my, one of my games is tonight. This is a game that was uh, a reschedule. Uh, it, was a, it was a COVID canceled game earlier this season. That's why they're playing it tonight to fit it in. We've got Northwest versus Rossview. Now, Northwest is the number one team in the district. Rossview is the number two team in the district. And this game is at Northwest. So that is going to be a huge game. Um, and I think that it can uh, absolutely – uh, I think if Northwest wins this game, I think that probably clinches them as the top seed in the district. And like we like we talked about with Tommy, that gives them home court advantage throughout the tournament, and that would just be absolutely massive for them. Um, my other game, it's going to be uh, Northeast versus Rossview Boys. Um, again, Northeast is I think probably still the best team in the district. Um, but, uh, but as we know, Rossview beat them earlier this season in really a big upset. Um, that was before the holidays. Um, but since then, Northeast has really amped themselves back up, looking like the team that they were last year, whereas Rossview has kind of come back to earth a little bit. That's not to say they're a bad team at all, um, but this, this, this matchup should be a whole lot different than it was last time, and this one's coming back to nor- uh, Northeast. They'll, the Eagles will be hosting. Now, my two players uh, – Starting on the boys' side, I'm going to go with another name I haven't said too much this year. It's uh, Charles Freeman. He's the uh, biggest player on uh, – and biggest, that's of course, in, in size <laughs> um, for Clarksville. He's their only real guy that's at least, you know, about 6'3 or above. Um, and he's a good shooter. But he kind of has he's, – he's kind of on and off. Uh, you know, sometimes he'll score 16 points. Sometimes he'll score um, – now, they're going to need them to have a pretty good game on Friday when they face Henry County. Um, now, they've already beaten the Patriots once, and, and sweeping them would just be huge. It would really keep them at an arm's length for them in the uh, district standings. Um, and I think if Freeman can have a good game, then uh, that's absolutely huge for them because we know we're, what we're going to get out of J.J. Wheat. Uh, Jaheim McDonald's really kicking it into gear lately. Um, and if Freeman can kind of add that third layer of uh, trouble – for Clarksville's offense, that is going to be huge. Um, now, my last two parts here, the uh, second part of my uh, two, the second two, and my one are going to kind of be hand in hand here. I'm looking at uh, Northeast's Sierra Bowser, uh, looking at her on Tuesday, also against Rossview. Now, Rossview, like I said, is playing against Northwest tonight, and they're going to be playing against Northeast tomorrow. You know, that's not a great combo. And uh, Northeast is a team who uh, they're not considered, you know, the cream of the crop in District 10. But I think most coaches would agree that they're dangerous. They're a team that can come out, get an upset win, you know, maybe maybe shake things up a little bit. Um, So in Sierra Bowser is by far their best player. Um, but she did come down with a little bit of a knee injury last week. So if she's healthy, if she can play hard, she might be able to catch Rossview a little bit tired from their game tonight. And my one is going to be that Northeast can beat Rossview tomorrow. Okay. 
Now that's very daring, and that's actually <laughs> going to go for for both the boys and the girls. Okay. Now I'm I'm more confident with the boys beating Rossview than I am with the girls beating Rossview. I will say that, but I think anything is possible. You know, both both Rossview's teams are going to be coming off the back end of a, a doubleheader um, with games Monday and Tuesday, and Northeast <clears throat> uh, two teams that, of course, are are dangerous. Um, and I just think that that's something that we could absolutely see happening. Before we close out today's show, I want to give a special thanks to Wilson County Sports Editor Tommy Bryan for joining us today to talk about Lebanon, District 9, AAA, and Green Hill. Tommy always does a great job, brings all the energy, so we really appreciate his time. We hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, if you haven't already, I need you to go wherever you get your, your podcast and like, subscribe, rate our podcast, leave a comment. Let us know what we're doing well. Let us know what you'd like to see us improve upon as we move forward with this podcast. We're seven episodes through, and we couldn't do it without you, so thank you so much to the listeners who have stuck with us side by side. And, yeah, only good things from here on out.